Welcome to today's episode. It's going to be a little bit different today. And the reason being is I'm kind of interviewing myself, which is going to be really interesting. But I want to start it off with a few quotes. Wim Hof once said, the limit is not the sky. The limit is the mind. Michael Jordan said, obstacles don't have to stop you. If you run into a wall, don't turn around and give up. Figure out how to climb it, go through it, or work around it. Welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. If you are ready to be the best version of yourself and level up your life, stay tuned as we interview special guests who will bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we are going to show you how. With your host, Ryan T. This week's episode, I want to share my five top tips to creating a successful photography business. Now, again, just before going through this, this is a reiteration of a free webinar that I held in the month of June 2020, where I shared my five tips to creating a successful photography business. Again, they are my tips. There's so, so many tips out there. And these are the first, I think, ones that you really, really need to consider. Whether you've been a photographer for years or you're just starting, you know, you can always develop your knowledge, your skills, your shooting, your marketing, your sales. It's just endless. But these are five quick tips to creating a successful photography business. And I really hope they help. So let's start with you. I know it's cliche all of this kind of mind coaching, business coaching, people think it's hoorah but the underlying factor of holding or something that holds anything, anyone's business back is generally you, right? You're sailing the ship, you're driving the boat, you're the leader of your business. And if you aren't honed in or you're not calibrated right, you're the thing holding it back and it doesn't matter how many employees you have you have to start with you. So what does starting with you mean? I mean, my questions for you is things to consider is what does your daily routine look like? Why do you want to become a photographer or why do you want a successful business? What are your fears? Not just photography. Do you seek feedback from others and is it only positive feedback? And define what success is to you. Now, if I want to answer those questions for myself, my daily routine, and I remember being a personal trainer for many years, I used to say to people coming in, trying to lose weight, that person that you aspire to be like in the gym that has an an incredible body or looks fit and healthy, the difference between them and you is their routines and their habits. There is no other thing that really just like, you can't just wave a magic wand and it's like, boom, this is how they got there. They have a different routine. They probably get up really early. They probably go to the gym. They probably get a workout done. They probably have meals prepared all day. You may wake up late, get rushed to go to work, might have to grab food on the go. And this is a revolving routine of your life. And this is why that person is this fit and healthy objective that you're trying to become, but we need to start with you. And I think, you know, photography, same thing, your routine and your structure and how you structure your days is such a 
a big part of not just, you know, if success is money to you, maybe not, but if success is happiness and flexibility, which that is to me, yes, like a financial value is great, but happiness and flexibility in my day is definitely more important for me. So my daily routine, I wake up at 4am, I do transcendental meditation, which is a mantra meditation, generally between 4.10 to 4.30 for 20 minutes. I have some breakfast, which I've prepared the night prior just because I don't want to cook and wake my family up. And then I'm out the door at generally quarter to five. I'm out either running, cycling, swimming, or doing some gym every single day. I get back by six o'clock, seven o'clock, depending on what I've got planned. And then I'm in the house. We've got brekkie together. We have a coffee. And then if it is a weekday, my son and my partner, they're off kindy and work. And then I'm into it. I have a pre- day. So the night prior, I prepare my day. So I write down my top tasks, the top three tasks that I need to complete for the following day, the projects that I need to work on and all the miscellaneous tasks. Generally, I get in the office and I do this thing called shallow work. So shallow work for me is like social media, emails, text messages, phone calls to friends, all those little things that really take you away from doing anything that is pushing the business forward. So I do generally do that for the first hour, say between you know nine o'clock and 10 o'clock. And then I normally close down my emails and now it's time to work on whether it's a wedding edits or whatever it may be. I'm working on those top three tasks. Then I'll also have scheduled in the day prior in my diary Another time slot for shallow tasks because people message on social media, it's very active. So I might jump on between one and two and then reply to emails, reply to social media messages. And then once that's done, literally get off that, try and not check it. I know it can be hard. And then going back into deep tasks. Then generally picking my son up at around three to four from kindy. And then I'll do my second fitness session for the day, generally at 4 p.m., and then I leave my phone in the office and that's it. And then we're having dinner as a family. We're relaxing. And that's that's my general routine. So it's very structured. I love having my days planned. I don't like walking into a day not knowing what I'm doing, especially the night prior. I just, I can't sleep unless I know what I'm doing in the morning because I'm an early, early riser. You know, the thing that scares me the most generally done, you know, if it's raining outside and I have to go for an open water swim, well, I hate that, right? But I'm going to face that fear and I'm going to try my best, not saying that I succeed all the time. I'm not a superhuman, but I'm going to try my best. And sometimes I have turned up before, put my feet in the water and thought, no way. This is winter. It's 4 a.m. It's pitch black there's got to be sharks in here. I ain't swimming. I'll be back later. Then it plays in my mind all day. Anyway, that's my general routine. Start thinking about your routine. Now, why do you want to do it? Why do you want to gain success? What is success to you? They are your answers. And what's your fears? You know, like a fear of mine when I started was to start a podcast. Well, in the end of the day, until I did it, it was just like this burning desire that if you'd consider it public speaking or virtual speaking was something I was never confident with. And I thought, you know what, who cares? Like, you know, I'm so grateful that you're probably still tuning in and listening. And if you're not, well, you haven't heard this part. So that doesn't matter. But 
in the end of the day, we overthink so much. So the fears is just manifesting in your mind. So, you know, sometimes you've just got to lean into them. If you got to approach a vendor or you've, you want to put yourself out there and really not just become like the generic photographer and you really love black and moody images or black and white images, just lean into it. You'll be surprised at how much that resonates with people because you're being true to yourself. So starting with you, stripping it right back. Think about your routine. Why do you want to be successful? What are you going to sacrifice to gain that success? Is it worth sacrificing it to gain that success? You know, for me, when I was young, going through school, I really wanted to be a professional athlete. That was driven to me my whole life was sports, sports, sports. Like it wasn't an academic household, let's say that. And in the end of the day, you know, when I become 16, 17, I made the decision that it wasn't worth the sacrifice to become a professional athlete than it was to become socially inclined with all my friends. So I chose that path. I chose that path. So when you start with you, choose what you're willing to go through to gain that success. And you might say, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, that's great. You don't have to become anyone you're not. All right. So that's kind of like the, the little bonus. So tip number one, how to get clients, right? So a huge way, whether you're a portrait, wedding, commercial photographer is offer an incentive. Maybe it could be a free engagement photo shoot promotion. Maybe it could be a social media calling, right? So to be in front of clients, sometimes you need to offer incentives. I'm not saying discount your packages, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes if you are struggling and that is you know, one of your goals to get more weddings, maybe if you go out and offer free engagement photo shoots to couples, they'll have that try before you buy. It's like when you go to a car yard, you get to drive that car before you sign over a 30, 40, $50,000 check for a vehicle. Not many times people will just choose that online, right? So it is up to you. I still do it in my business these days, right? I think it's a great way to get out there and be photographing more because if you're not photographing more, I believe you're not growing as a photographer because a photographer takes photos. I believe a photographer is not an editor. A photographer is not an administration assistant. It's not an SEO guru or website developer, right? So I love photographing. It is the thing I enjoy. So if I've got to do a free engagement shoot or I have some time, awesome. I'll do that. If it generates a possibility of booking a wedding that therefore gets me closer to my goal, which could be a financial value, awesome. Next one, put in time in doing your SEO or hire someone to do it for you. You've got to consider where your potential clients are and where they're looking at to try and find a photographer. So if you are in Melbourne and you're a wedding photographer, what do you think most couples are doing? One, they might be going to a venue, seeing what the venue recommends, or jumping on Google and writing Melbourne wedding photographer or something, you know, Melbourne rustic wedding photographer saying. So think about what you want to attract and start putting in time with SEO. Vendor lists are a great way also to start attracting the right couples, right? So you got to think about, I call it this, the snakes and ladders. So the kind of trend when clients book weddings is they'll book the venue, then they'll book the photographer, then they'll book the videographer, then they'll book the hair and makeup, etc. So the clients are going to generally ask the photographer for a recommendation for a videographer. 
So if you're a videographer, that means you should probably start networking to photographers and the venue, which is both above you on the kind of ladder system. It doesn't mean like forget about hair and makeup. It's amazing being genuine human and giving back to other people and being involved in a solid network, but think about it as a ladder system. All right, next up, word of mouth matters. I hope you got a pen handy and you're writing all these down because some of these are going to transform your business. I know. What I want to say when I say word of mouth matters. Now, you know, I love getting positive feedback. That's all good, but I'm not there for that. I want negative feedback. And you know what? I actually reward my couples for giving me negative feedback. I send them an eight by 10 print in the mail, if they can give me any negative feedback about the processes, etc., from the wedding day. So why? Because I can take that and I can grow with it. I'm never going to question what they write down in that. I'm going to take that and look at it objectively and think, how can I make my business better, serving my clients better? So what I want to say is don't be afraid to ask your clients who have been through the process, they would recommend to do differently. Because in the end of the day, if they say they love your work and everything was perfect, that's amazing and it feeds your ego and that's great. That's awesome to hear. You've got to know you're doing something right, but how do you grow off that, right? Sometimes it's the best just, you know, if I owned a cafe, just walking around the cafe, asking people how their meal was and actually rewarding them for saying something that was wrong or missing from this meal so I can over deliver on the next time. I can put more... I don't know, salt on it or something like that. So I want you to think about over delivering. A lot of the times when I mentor photographers, you know, I look at their packages and it's like, they've included the whole menu, strip it back a little bit and start over delivering. If you're offering a, I don't know, 10 prints after a wedding, just as a thank you, you don't need to put that into your packages, right? Because when the client receives those 10 free prints, after the wedding and they didn't know, they have a huge smile on their face. But when they know, it's not like a a major selling point, I don't believe. You know, if I read a package and it was, you know, X amount of hours photography, blah, 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 10 free prints, I'm skimming over that, right? Like irrelevant. So I really want you to think about where you can over deliver in your business. So networking is another one. Like I said, like think about it as a ladder system and start being genuine, giving back to all of the vendors that were involved. If you're a photographer, you know, there's makeup, hair, styling, bouquet, coordination, bar, catering. There's so much more to a wedding than just what's in front of you. And if you feel as though you don't have time to capture all these, bring a second photographer in. Let them go start taking photos of all of that. Therefore, you're going to be providing these people that have put in their their heart and soul into providing the best service possible content that they can use with social media, marketing, websites, etc. Now, another one here is outsourcing plus growing. And what, what do I mean when I say that? So a great little tip I've been, you know, explained before is to write down your general day and hours. So like I said about my routine, but what I'm saying is when I'm in front of the computer, I'm in the office and I'm writing down what I'm doing. So it might be out of eight hours in the office, I might spend four hours doing emails, two hours doing social media, two hours eating, one hour culling a wedding and editing. So you know, the emails and social media, is that really pushing my business 
in the projection that I want it to go. You know, I always think that if you're not doing sales, you're not doing marketing and you're not doing photography, meaning photographing, you're just doing these other things in your business that other people may one, be able to do better than you and two, might be able to free up time in your business that you can actually focus on your sales or your marketing or fixing these little issues in your business or your workflow or catching up with couples or giving vendors photos or going out and just photographing the streets or something and upskilling in those areas. So think about where you're spending the most time and think you might be able to hire a virtual assistant or in-person staff member that may be able to do it better, right? Someone else can always do your job better. It's something I, I learned a long time ago when you let go of that ego, when you just Think about the business as two brains rather than one. If you bring one person on from a sole trader, you're getting two people that can vibe together. Another one is growing. So many photographers I know are just looking on social media every day. They don't have anyone holding them accountable. Something I've always loved doing is having a coach, whether it's my fitness, it was anything I endeavored to do or didn't know what to do, I would invest the money 100% upfront and have that person maybe just hold me accountable or share their knowledge with me. A lot of times, you know, you're looking at photographers or whoever it may be that inspires you. They've been doing it for twice, three, four, five times as long as you. So why not look at getting them as a mentor if they offer it so they can fast track all those problems that you're going through and the problems that they went through when they're in the first, second, third year of their business. And you can just really hone in and ask questions to someone that's going to be open and honest and transparent. Next up is photograph. Like, I mean, it's simple. It sounds simple. You want to be an amazing craftsman, we'll go out and make craft right? If you want to be an amazing photographer, we'll go out and make photographs. Yes. If you're a wedding photographer, you might feel like I have nothing to photograph, grab a camera, learn film, learn tintypes. I did a workshop the other week learning tintype photography, which was back in, I think it was 1851 that this come on out to the world. And I learned this process and I fell in love with it. Yep. You know, I'm not going to include this at my weddings, but it's increasing my knowledge and it's getting me out there photographing more and more. Now, another amazing tip here is become the purple cow. Seth Godin wrote a book called The Purple Cow. I go on about it a lot, but it's pretty simple, the analogy. If there's a herd of cows and one was painted purple and you're driving past, you would notice that purple cow. You'd probably tell all of your friends, etc. But if that cow herd or whatever you call it, there was no purple cow. You wouldn't even take much notice. So try and be the purple cow, stand out, lean into what truly makes you and stop comparing yourself to others. Another one is showing up on social media. A lot of people complain about not getting traction on social media, but they're just not showing up. You don't have to be me and showing your face every day on Instagram and that. I don't mind doing that. I actually enjoy it and it allows me to connect to couples. Some photographers I know, they don't do any of that. But if you're not showing up in the right places, you're generally getting forgotten about when someone thinks, oh, that's right. I still have to contact the photographer and boom, this photo pops up or social media update pops up. And it's like, you're at the top of their mind. This is all my tips as well, guys. So it is objective of what you take from this, but these are just some pointers for you. 
Think about where you're spending most of the time. Remember, guys, it takes time. It takes constant effort to show up. Think about your routine and is it a healthy routine that transfers over to your business and your lifestyle and your relationships? Do it for the impact and not the income. So have an impact goal and not an income goal. So your impact goal may be, my impact is to produce images from a wedding that truly showcase the client's story that show the meaning of why they're getting married. Not my goal is to charge the most amount of money I can do to every single couple that comes through the door, right? If you have impact goals, the income goals will come along. And now lastly, guys, finishing off, I want to let you know, I think thinking outside the box is a true, true testament to leaning into yourself and standing out from the herd. There's now more and more photographers in this industry and it's always going to be competitive. It does not matter where you live. Every place I've traveled to, we photograph, network with other photographers, we all say the same thing. There are so many photographers in my thing and clients don't pay you know, enough for my services. Well, maybe it's because you're in the herd. Maybe you're not that purple cow. Maybe you're not that architecturally designed house in between all these similar houses. If a client truly sees value in their work, your work, they're not going to question it. You need to show up. You need to be genuine and you need to be a photographer. Just think about where you're spending most of your time. Now, I hope that helped. I know it was a little bit different interviewing myself, but I just really wanted to get these points across to you. I hope your notepad and pen is full and handy. And I just want to finish it off letting you know, I am so, so grateful to have you guys here. Honestly, this Escape in the Ordinary podcast was something that I wanted to do for such a long time. And Escape in the Ordinary was my business motto under Feather and Finch Photography for so, so long. So yeah, I love it. It goes back to the whole purple cow analogy. And also for those that have left reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you so much. Obviously, it helps get the show out there. If you haven't yet, I would love it. Just pause it. You can leave a 10-second review. I'd be truly grateful. And even if you could share this podcast with all your friends, you could be the light that someone needs. They don't have to be a photographer. All they have to do is want to level up their life, maybe their business, their relationships. And if they're a photographer, that is a bonus. Anyway, everyone, keep safe and keep hacking at it. Remember, it all comes down to you. We're so glad you have taken the time to tune in. If you found this episode useful, why not share it with a friend and be the light someone may need? Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This would mean so much to us. Ryan would love to connect with you beyond this episode. The links to everything and anything that was spoken about are in the show notes at www.escapingtheordinarypodcast.com. Talk to you next week.